This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like... My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pelicans podcast. I'm Gus Kattengell, and what a way to start out the week with that big win on Monday night. 7-0 run in a heartbeat, and it's 87-79. Pels need a bucket. McCollum floats one up and in, asking ye shall receive from the certified bucket getter on a running floater. Ingram, right wing three, brick. Oh, my goodness! It goes straight up in the air, hits the front iron, and goes down. Are you kidding me? You just got a gift from the basketball gods because that was a brick. Rebound Alvarado. 35 seconds left in the quarter. Ingram to Jose. Drives down the lane. Righty layup is good. Five straight points. Oh, that Ingram three. Are you kidding me? Ingram left free throw line extended. Front court. Pulls up from 15. Got it. Mid-range B.I. Oh, my. Timeout. Mike Brown and the Kings. Goes right block. Now the double. Ingram is caught. Get it to Herb in the lane. Kick it to Trey. Left wing three. Got it. Nothing but net for Kenneth Murphy the third. He kept shooting. All right. They're going to full court us here. Inbound to Ingram. Get it to Herb. Got across the timeline. Herb, bumped by Fox, does cross it, drives in. And he dunks it! Oh, my heavens! Right over Fox! Two hands! Poster! Herb, coast to coast! 124-112, 90 seconds to go. Left corner, Barnes for three. No, weak side rebound, Najee. Start singing, baby! Viva Las Vegas! We are coming! 
The New Orleans Pelicans have come into Sacramento and won the in-season tournament quarterfinal. Your final score, New Orleans 127, Sacramento 117. The Pelicans now have won the season series against the Kings three straight, and you win in a venue that is unbelievably difficult to win in. Now that win advancing the Pelicans into the NBA in-season tournament semifinals, they'll play the Lakers. And after the game, head coach Willie Green said, you know, it means something for this team to advance. Uh, it's a growth moment for us um, to have an opportunity to be one of the first. Um, this is the first time we've had the in-season tournament. And as I mentioned in the locker room to our guys after the game, you put a game in front of us um, that's meaningful. And I don't care who it is, where it is, we want to win. And that's the type of heart that we have in that locker room. And we want to continue to build and grow on, on those, those type of concepts. Players afterwards also echoed coaches' sentiments that this is an opportunity and it's meaningful. Zion Williamson's thoughts. It's dope because, like I said in previous interviews, I think it's just a good test for us because, you know, we haven't won anything. So I think for us to go out here and try to make a run at it would be good for us. CJ McCollum feels it is a building block for sure. Yeah, I think it helps build character. It's been a long season. Um, I think this is my ninth game of the year. A lot of guys have been hurt. Jose, Trey, um, Najee was out of lineup to start. Um, it's been a difficult season for sure, but I think we're getting healthy at the right time with enough time to kind of come together, uh, build some chemistry, build some camaraderie. And I think we really talked about it. You know, you, you play the games on your schedule. When you got a chance to make some extra money and go to Vegas, you want to take advantage of that. And I think for us, we did. And it was nice to play in a, a playoff atmosphere on the road against a really good team, a well-coached team, and, and have to execute, have to play defense, have to withstand runs. And I thought we responded well tonight. Brandon Ingram on that front says anytime you can play in a game that feels like a postseason game, it's a plus for the team. Yeah, it's different, you know. Um, it felt like a playoff atmosphere, well, on the floor with um, coming in somebody else's building, uh, the physicality of the game, um, not seeing that whistle blow a lot, um, and trying to make plays and, and continue to um, just stay still in every moment. Uh, be present in every moment. It was, it was a different. It was a different feel. Trey Murphy brought up that win was a result, perhaps, of earlier season losses. Yeah, no, we have a lot of guys that play a lot of high-level games, not necessarily you know NBA level, but you know still some pretty high-level games. I mean, you know, it was almost like a playing tournament atmosphere that we that we saw today. They were decently loud in there. Um, Got a little quiet as we got the lead, but, um, you know, that's as expected. But um, I think our experience showed, you know, from dealing with so many games where we were up, lost leads, or we were down and brought and then came back. So um, I definitely think our experience in that show. So Monday's in the rearview mirror. Now it's on to Thursday's semifinal game. The team arrived on Tuesday in Las Vegas and our Jim Eichenhofer before, you know, hitting the strip and spending pretty much all of his paycheck because he makes a lot of money. Sat down with Pelicans general manager Trajan Langdon in this exclusive interview. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I feel like when the league announced this back in the summer, people were kind of trying to get a feel for how to put it in perspective in terms of the importance of it to the league. Um, you know, there's winning the championship, there's the in-season tournament stuff now too. But how do you put, and by the way, uh, welcome to Las Vegas. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's great to be here. Weird uh, to be here right now. But here. <laughs> yeah, I know we're used to being here in the summer. We're used to being here only in July. I've actually only been here in July, so this is a new experience for me to be here in a different month besides that when it's not 115. But um, how do you, uh, what's your perspective on just the, to, to the team being able to get to this point and be one of the four teams that made it to this stage of the tournament? I think the question was asked in the preseason and media day of Griff. Uh, and he said, if we're going to play the games, why not win the games? So, you know, credit to our guys and our coaching staff getting the guys ready and, and uh, winning a tough game in a, in a difficult sack environment to get us here. Um, and that's kind of the approach that we've taken. But as you said, I don't think any of us knew <clears throat> kind of how this would develop. Um, when the, when the league first brought it to us before it was announced and they, they basically said, this is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what it's going to look like. Right. Um, get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's here and I think it's, they, I think they've had a home run with it. You know, I don't think any of us really expected this kind of following and excitement around it. I don't think the players or the coaches did either, but it's like after the first game is played and then the standings come out, then the competitive juice inside comes out. Sure. It's like we play at Houston, we lose the game and now we're 0-1 in the group and we're like, let that one slip away mm-hmm. and then I think it's like oh we only have three more and the competitive juice to start so uh, it's been fun um, to see and I think you know the environments of all the quarterfinal games have been amazing and I think this environment here in a couple days um, will be somewhat of like a European Final Four Euro League Final Four mm-hmm. or a NCAA Final Four I think it's uh, it'll be exciting you mentioned um, that you view this as a home run I mean Based on, I feel like a lot of people didn't, like you said, didn't really know exactly how this was going to play out. Um, but based on what you've seen in the the four pool play group stage games, and then what we saw Monday night in Sacramento, how, how does what's unfolded compare to maybe what you thought going in, in terms of how it would play out? Yeah, I think if, if you were to take away the the tournament, they're just four regular season games, right? Which is still what they are mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of when if you look at the end of the season records they're just going to look back and say there are four games but right. the intensity of those games and the meaning behind those games is, is heightened because of the in-season tournament so uh, I, I think f- f- 
fans didn't know what to think of it initially, and then they saw it, and then all of a sudden just word of mouth gets out, and you see the pictures and you see the intensity of play, and then all of a sudden more people want to come out for those specific games, whether it's the floor, whether it's the jerseys, whether it's the excitement around the games and the heightened intensity in the games. Uh, I think it's just made it a product that's um, more, not only visually more appealing on TV, but I think there's just an intensity around it, not only our game against SAC, the game in, um, you know, in the in, in L.A., the Clipper game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think games two, three, and four in group play were a lot more intensity than group than the first game because nobody mm-hmm. really knew what to take from that. But sure. then all of a sudden, the intensity picked up. And if you watch the uh, the Golden State sack game, I mean, that's, that's a playoff intensity game in game number, what, 17 of the season? Like, right. without the in-season tournament, mm-hmm. you, you don't get a game like that. You don't get a game like our sack game. You don't get a game like our... Clipper game in LA, so I think it's it's really helped the league out get those intense games in November that usually don't happen. You mentioned the atmosphere that you've experienced in some of the games. Also wanted to ask you about what you guys saw in the Smoothie King Center. I mean, those those wins over Dallas and Denver are among the best wins that the yeah. team has won this year. Yeah. But what was what did you what was it like kind of experiencing the way that the crowd was? And I know yeah. people love the court and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, the court was cool. I, I had a lot of people um, that follow the team ask me what you know what's what, what's going on. A lot of people didn't even know what the in season tournament was. Right, right? they're trying mm-hmm. to understand it and ask questions. What what's the deal with the court and the jerseys? And once they started understanding the rules behind it, uh, especially again after the first game against Dallas, people really wanted to come out to that game against. Uh, uh, or my vice versa was it Denver and then Dallas. Yeah, Denver and then we wanted to come up with that. For the no Dallas game in Denver, but, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I get it confused, man. It's <laughs> okay. There's a lot of games. So quick, <laughs> but um, yeah, that second game with the court, I think you really felt that mm-hmm. that juice in the building, uh, and we really rebounded, obviously, with that game uh, in Dallas, having lost to Dallas first, getting her back, and his intensity picking up Luca and guarding Kyrie was um, that really elevated the atmosphere and the intensity. What's been the reaction that you guys have gotten as far as the? The, the theme of the city uniforms, the skeleton, the black and green. It seems like I look in the stands in some of the home games recently and you see a lot of that green yeah. color. What's, what have you, what's been the response that you've gotten? A lot of positive. A lot of positivity. And I think a lot of people say that's by far the best uniform that they've had. Mm-hmm. It's something that resonates, obviously, with the voodooism uh, and the history in terms of that in the city. Um, I think people are really getting behind it. The green is a little bit loud, but I think it's it, it it's characterized and it's symbolic of the city, and people are really getting behind it. So it's it's fun to watch, fun to see. Um, we, we you know we've talked a lot about the environment, the atmosphere, just kind of the stuff that surrounds it. But I mean, when you get a win like you had on Monday against Sacramento, yeah. with the number of guys that are first, second, third year players, I mean, how valuable do you think? that experience has been to get that win, get that win against the Clippers on the road and just be able to get to this point? Well, both games, I think we're playing slash first round of playoffs type atmospheres, especially the game in SAC where it's basically, you know, it's not winning you're out because you could play, but it, it, I mean, losing you're out, but it is Mm -hmm. kind of like that, right? So it's a one game play in scenario and they were going after it. Um, right. It's not like they just let us win the game. They came mm-hmm. out and punched us. They punched us in the mouth in the first quarter. And to see us respond and get right back into it and only be down one and be resilient like that, I think, shows a lot when our group. And then it's to keep building going forward. And I think we played as a group. We got a lot of uh, contributions from everybody who stepped on the court. And that's the only way you win games like that against a really good team in a tough environment. 
yeah, I've, I've been in that arena a few times before, but never for anything like play-in, playoff, in-season. That arena is really loud, but I was impressed by just the level that they took it to for that game. I mean, it was that was fun to be there, and it was even more fun to get a win, though, and, and quiet, quiet them yeah, down a little bit at the end. No question. It was a fun environment, and to go from deafening noise in the first quarter to nothing in the second is, is the best when you're on the road as a as a as an opponent so sure. happy for our guys um the team overall i mean how how, how um, fun has it been to see you know you're still not full strength but getting closer to that and there's been two games lately now that trey has played yeah um just to have you know four or five of, of kind of the leading scorers finally together what what's that been like for you guys just to see that group now i mean i think it's going to take some time to really have the group really gel and play high-level basketball, understanding each other, because they haven't. Um, CJ's been out a while. Trey's been out a while. Um, but to have those guys back just brings a different dimension of uh, on the offensive end and, and honestly just know-how. Um, in terms of CJ, he, he knew the time in the game that he needed to step in and step up and make plays on both ends of the floor, and it was, it was paramount for us yesterday. A lot of people made the B.I. was great, but CJ felt us down get only up four or five and he just went on a roll and helped us build it back to nine and and that veteran presence and his ability to understand what's needed in the game and when was is going to be huge for us and was huge um last night but hey kudos to a lot of the guys that have stepped into in the absence of a lot of our guys that have been out Um, jordan hawkins dice those guys have dice and they've had to log a lot of minutes um Mm -hmm. And they've kept us afloat, and they've done a great job playing. And you know, with the with some of those guys coming back in, the, the role in the minutes will be cut down a little bit. But um, I think those guys, those young guys, have done a fantastic job um, with the opportunity that's been given to them. You know, you actually led me into the last thing I was going to ask you, which is, um, I think one of the things that stood out in the first twenty plus games of the season is how many players you have, like I mentioned earlier, first, second, third year that have been able to contribute immediately a lot of times there's guys that take longer than that and it's understandable it's not easy to be a rookie in the nba and do some of the things that jordan hawkins has done it's not easy to be a second year guy like dyson um but i guess what i wanted to ask you is um it seems like there's kind of a theme it's you feel like with some of these guys in terms of the maturity that some of these guys have i mean and, and how much that helps them as far as mm-hmm. adjusting to the NBA. I mean, how much have you guys looked at that in the in, in the last few drafts? It seems like, um, especially from the positions that you've drafted in terms of the number in the draft, 14th pick, mm-hmm. second round with Herb, that you've been able to get not only guys that can contribute, but do it quickly as well. Yeah, I think you do a lot of background on the character of the person, um, the work habits, the competitive nature of them and if you get a combination of all three um, obviously they have to have enough talent Um, but usually that's going to work out if they put the work in uh, and they're going to be they're going to be ready if they have a confidence about them and look we have a coaching staff that has allowed young players to play and to and to grow uh, and to have and and give them the confidence so um, you know kudos to the staff but also you know to those guys that we've brought in they've worked their butts off they've they've been confident and they've you know they've competed on both ends and we want competitive guys in the gym and um those are the guys that that uh that 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 willie that willie is going to have faith in and trust in on the court as well so if you come in and compete willie's going to give you a shot to go in and he's going to give you that opportunity to help us win games how tough is that process of trying to figure out you know 
the background of some of these guys and how much research you have to go into to find out, you know, give a projection of how professional this guy's going to be, you know, his maturity, yeah. his character, and all those different things. Well, I think our, I think we have a, an incredible scouting group led by Bryson Graham, um, and I think we put a, an extraordinary amount of time in trying to figure out who these young men are both on and more importantly off the court um, because that's going to translate into what happens when you know the resiliency of a young man uh, it's not just on the basketball court but what it's in life if, if they've been able to go through hardships in life and come out the other end and be successful then we know they're going to be able to go through hardships on the court which is going to come at some point whether it comes from a difficult point in the game whether it comes from injury or whether it comes from playing not playing and then needing to play again um, in and out of the lineup that's a difficult psychological thing to deal with for a young player and we've had guys that have dealt with it really well so we've been fortunate don't get me wrong we're you're not always right um, nobody bats 100 percent in the draft but we've felt because of the homework that we've done and the scouting staff that we've had um, that we've done a good job and we're we're really excited about the guys that we've had that we have Great. Well, we're looking forward to seeing them play more on Thursday, and then hopefully we'll have another game here on Saturday. Thanks, Trajan, for taking time to uh, speak with us. Thank you, Jim. It's going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we now bring in the man of the hour or the week or the strip himself. Vegas has not seen anything like Jim Eichenhofer in Las Vegas. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Gus. Uh, I, I haven't really gotten into terrorizing the city yet, but there's still plenty of time for that. Let's be honest. You haven't slept at all since the team landed on Tuesday, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, it's been it's been very exciting. It's definitely been a good time. Um, the uh, I, I think yesterday was basically a travel day, but it was a very quick flight from Sacramento to Las Vegas, only a little bit more than an hour. So everyone had plenty of time yesterday to get settled in, get into some hijinks, maybe have some fun and then uh, get ready for practice on Wednesday. Sounds like a t-shirt you need to wear while you walk the strip. Getting into some hijinks. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about right there. Look, you kind of touched on it with the travel, and I want to kind of start there because when I last saw you, right, I mean, this team was going to have a home game, then travel to Chicago, then make the flight to Sacramento. That's three games in four days, essentially. And, and to have the kind of performance that did on Monday with you being with them, you can kind of maybe talk about how – it is a thing, right? I mean, you, you left the arena straight to the airport, to the to the plane, mm -hmm. to Chicago, to Sacramento, all that, and then to put on that performance. What, what does it say about this team? Yeah, I mean, they responded so well to what is, I'm sure a lot of people think of as the biggest game of the season of what they were able to do in Sacramento. I mean, that crowd was extremely impressive too. I talked to a couple of people and asked them, did it, did it convey on TV as far as how into the game and how loud the crowd was? And I think the general feedback I got was not really that people th thought it sounded loud, but it was hard for them to really gauge that from there. But I mean, it was, it was a playoff intensity, a playoff crowd. So especially the way the Pelicans started the game to be able to bounce back from down 15 right off the bat. And I think a lot of people were looking around like, are the Kings ever going to miss a shot? Are they going to shoot 90% in this game? Just the way that they started. So um, yeah, that was a, that was an impressive in a, in a, a really good performance to be able to deliver like that, especially coming off. They did not play well Saturday at all, which resulted in a loss to Chicago. But like you mentioned too, I mean, 
I don't want to get, I don't want to bore people too much in, with the details and turn this into an NBA sob story because everyone knows that, you know, they travel extremely well. They stay in nice hotels. They have tons of accommodations, but when they had, uh, when you have a home road back to back, you're guaranteed that you're going to have two really late nights. And so after the Friday game against San Antonio, I think that was maybe at two thirty, three o'clock people get to sleep and then you play Chicago the next day. And because they really needed to get to Sacramento, they decided to fly out after the game Saturday night in Chicago. Normally you might say, okay, we'll wait till Sunday morning, but I think they wanted it to be kind of more of a day off instead of losing the whole day travel wise. So then you get to Monday, you win that game. And I, it's not the kind of thing where everyone's going to go to sleep right away. Like 20 minutes after the buzzer, everyone's uh, um, back in the hotel. So there's been some late nights. So I think yesterday, Tuesday, having that brief amount of travel and then being able to rest and relax, I think is very helpful to kind of, you know, get back in the mode of just feeling more normal. It's been, it's been, you know, three of those four nights, I think were very, very late nights and, or very intense. Along those lines too. I mean, the Lakers, the Pelicans' next opponent here in the semifinals that are going to play tomorrow on Thursday, they played last night. And obviously it's a short travel flight from L.A. there. But I think for New Orleans and having been there in summer league and done the games there in summers, it takes a couple of days to get acclimated to, you know, you're talking to us. It's just after 8 o'clock, you know, but here in yeah. New Orleans it's 10 o'clock. So mm-hmm. your your body has to adjust a little bit. And you mentioned central time zone here in New Orleans, Chicago then Sacramento, then going out to Vegas. The more time you're there, I think it does acclimate. And having that day off, Lakers played. It's only a day before they play again. Pels would have had two days before they play again. Maybe that helps or not. But watching that game last night, it it, just like all the other games, felt like a playoff intensity, playoff atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You know, Austin Reeves hits that big three. Kevin Durant airballs a game-tying possible three ball there. So what did you make of that game watching those two teams play? Yeah, I mean that was a lot of fun to watch, and it, it did it did seem like the stakes were playoff like, especially specifically for the Pelicans, knowing that your opponent is determined by that. And I mean, I, I don't think this is a news flash that uh, there were so many people, Pelicans fans, and people that follow the team that were very invested in wh- whether it was going to be the Suns or whether it was going to be the Lakers. I felt like I had a bunch of discussions yesterday, whether it was in person, via text, or on the phone, <laughs> asking people, you know would you prefer the opponent to be the Suns or would you rather have it be the Lakers? And it was funny just to hear all of the different theories because there were really valid cases, I think, on both sides of it, depending on who who you thought was the easier opponent or who you'd rather play from a vengeance and venom standpoint. Because I feel like in both of those categories, there's a list of, of reasons why people in New Orleans don't like the Suns. There's a scroll that's like a mile long of reasons why they don't like the Lakers. So, I mean, it was it was it was fun watching the game just from that perspective, but it was a really good game. It was unfortunate that there was a I what I thought was a missed call, what the league said was the correct call as far as granting the Lakers a timeout. It's too bad that it kind of came out came down to that, but um but it was a really good game and, and I watched a lot of their first two games that the Suns played the Lakers and it was very similar in that it was anyone's game, but at the end the Lakers made enough plays to win by a narrow margin. And that's the thing, obviously, look, uh, the Pelicans players and you got a chance to interview them, obviously, after that Sacramento win. Um, the coach talked about the significance of the win, why it's important. 
this semifinals a big deal for this team to try to win there. So now it's all about matchups in the NBA. That's what it is. I thought the matchups maybe favored New Orleans against Sacramento. Jim, since LeBron got himself a whole new team, you know, last trade deadline, mm-hmm. the matchups maybe to me haven't seemed as favorable. Now that said, I'm trying to think honestly, Jim, uh, aside from the game where Matt Ryan hit a three, when's the last time the Pelicans have been pretty much completely healthy with the big three of Zion, B.I., and C.J., Trey Murphy, Jose, all these guys against this incarnation of the Laker team? I don't think it's happened, huh? Yeah, I think you'd have to go back probably two seasons, I think. I feel like I agree in terms of the matchup with the Lakers. It has not been favorable for the Pelicans, but I think if you go back two seasons, there was a game in particular where Trey Murphy had a huge second half the Pelicans came back from down 20 or so at halftime against the Lakers. They won that game. I think that was maybe February. And then in April of that same season, the Pelicans beat the Lakers in LA, knocked them out of playoff or play in contention. Lakers didn't even finish in the top 10 two seasons ago. Right. I think during that stretch, which you, as you referred to is, you know, one of the rare times when they've had all of their main scorers available. So, um, didn't look good last season, no doubt. The, the game in March in New Orleans was one of the most frustrating and and um, just tough outcomes. The fact that the Lakers just blew it blew it out in the first half and never really looked back. That was right after the the, the big trades that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you would you would hope and think that if the Pelicans are closer to having, like you said, full strength, that maybe this is a better matchup and it's not going to be the kind of results that we saw last season see what happens with this matchup here. And I think the intensity is going to be fun. Um, I, I know I'm excited about it too. What, what about the Eastern Conference matchup, man? Did you expect the Knicks and the Pacers to be the two teams to come out of the East? You mean the Bucks and the Pacers? That's what I meant, the Bucks and the yeah. Pacers. No, you know, I think the, the one thing I think about when I see that matchup is I think it's cool that there's a couple small market teams that made it again. I mean, Really, the Lakers are the only team from a huge city or a huge market that are in the Final Four. You got Indianapolis, which is a pretty small city. Milwaukee, you know, everyone knows it's pretty small as well in New Orleans. So I think that part of it is pretty cool. Um, you know, by the way, too, I wanted to mention one of the things I meant to say earlier, and I got sidetracked because I'm talking about 15 different things. You talked about the Pelicans being here and being able to get adjusted to Las Vegas. The one thing that I think might be a, a very – um, tangible advantage is they're practicing Wednesday in T-Mobile arena. I think the other teams that are coming here are going to be getting here probably today or later today. Um, I don't think any of them are here based on, you know, the Lakers played at home last night. There was no reason for, they're probably practicing in LA today and then flying here, which makes sense. Yeah. So I think the Pelicans might be the only team that gets to practice on the court where the games are. Um, don't quote me on that because it's possible that one of the other teams has gotten here. Um, it's possible Indiana got here yesterday. I'm not sure, but I, I do think that it might help to be able to get on that court. None of these teams have played in this arena before, right. not an NBA arena. Um, even in summer league, you play in Thomas and Mac and you play in Cox pavilion, the smaller venue. Um, so maybe that will be helpful too, just to get re- used to the shooting background and get used to the rims. In addition to, the Pelicans are definitely going to be the team that's actually in the city the longest based on before they play the first game. Yeah, no doubt. It should be fun. Look, also, it's Wednesday, Jim, so it's Western Conference Wednesday. I always like to look at teams. I don't know. Uh, you know, 
we, we've talked about in the past that uh, maybe you're a little savant. You kind of can see the future. You said the <laughs> Lakers were the team to pay attention to uh, mm-hmm. last Wednesday. Who's the team to pay attention to this week? Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I had a little advantage when I picked the Lakers because at that point last Wednesday, we did know that they were going to be in the quarterfinals against the Suns. So they only needed to one game, win one game to get to this point where they're playing the Pelicans. Um, and, by the way, uh, they had a the Lakers had a three and one week. Um, beat Detroit, lost to Oklahoma City, beat Houston, then obviously beat Phoenix last night. Um, my team to watch this week is going to be Golden State. I feel like a lot of people have eyes on them based on the fact that they're nine and eleven right now. They've had a lot of struggles that are very uncharacteristic for them over really the last ten years or so. Um, they have a game against Portland tonight that was added onto their schedule. But then they're at OKC Friday and at Phoenix on Tuesday. So they have a couple really tough road games. Um, they need to turn it around because, you know, as we know, it gets it gets late early in the Western Conference with the standings and, and that kind of thing. So um, interesting schedule, interesting slate of some of the games that they have coming up. This is past the seven-day period, but they also play at the Clippers um, next Thursday. So pretty interesting slate for Golden State and a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, no doubt. And look, and that team is, uh, they're all, I think we all, including the Pelicans, right? I'm, I'm watching that Lakers-Suns game. They still don't have Bradley Beal. I think all these teams are, are going to be better or maybe a different incarnation when we get past the, the NBA All-Star Weekend, don't you think, Jim? Yeah, and I think if you're a Warriors fan, you're kind of hoping that that's the case. That kind of happened to some extent last year where they did – have a stretch where you're wondering, are they going to be a play-in team? They got hot to some extent, got in the top six. But I think a lot of the problems that they showed throughout the season, especially not being able to win road games last year, came back to haunt them in the playoffs when they played the Lakers and got knocked out in six games in the second round. Well, when you take a look at the NBA Western Conference, uh, I I guess there's some parts of it where when you look at the standings, Jim, that could be some surprising or not. I mean, in terms of you got the T-Wolves in first with 15 wins, OKC 13. The Nuggets have 14. They're third. They're your mm-hmm. Lakers at 13 on fourth. Sacramento 11 wins is fifth. Dallas six with 11 wins. Suns and Pelicans with 12 wins. And people might be hearing that going, wait a minute, how does that work? It's numbers of losses. So far, some teams right. have played more games than others. Yeah, and I think really one of the biggest things to look at from a West standpoint, it's funny how much deserved attention that we have on the in-season tournament and the semifinals and whatever's going to happen. But if you look at it brought more broadly, I mean, the Pelicans are only one game out of fourth place right now. They're an eighth at 12 and 10, but the Lakers are fourth at 13 and nine. And if the Lakers, if the Suns had pulled off that win last night, they would, the Pelicans and Lakers would have exactly the same record. So if you want to look at the standings and the pecking order and how teams are ranking right now, not only is this a massive opportunity for the Pelicans to be the first ever in-season tournament champions, but from a short-term standpoint and from a standing standpoint, however this tournament unfolds, we're going to go right back next week to looking at the, you know, how things shake out in the West. And they really, in these couple games, and well, I mean, I know Saturday's game won't count in the standings if the Pelicans get there, but mm-hmm. in the game Thursday against the Lakers, they have a, a big opportunity to gain ground on them as well as a bunch of other teams that are just barely ahead of them in the in the race. Right. That, that was, I guess, the benefit of, of Monday's win, Jim. You have now won the season series against Sacramento, so you wind up with the same record at the end of the year. 
you have that tiebreaker against the Kings. So that extra game against them, this extra game against the Lakers, you never know. So I, I love it. I, I love everything about this. The added importance. I think the fact that the team has bought in, fans have bought in, and it is cool. Look, it's the NBA Cup. It's never happened, as Willie Green said in the locker room. And I thought, you know, the team captured it perfectly when he spoke to the players. You're the first. You're part of the first. It's the first time ever. So it was kind of cool, man. All day yesterday, all day today. Anytime ESPN has it on Sports Center, they show it a bracket. There's the bird logo, man. There's the Pelican. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you can't pay for. Everyone knows you're one of the final two in the Western Conference. Yeah. I mean, the Pelicans have had, you know, obviously some seasons in the recent past where they were in the playoff race and didn't make, didn't end up making the field. And I feel like a lot of times when that happens, it just seems like a missed opportunity, whether it's, to grow the fan base or to, you know, just cement yourself more in the league as a team that is going to be consistently successful. So I do think to your point that being one of the final four teams in this event is really good in so many different ways in terms of just the recognition that you get, the fact that these games are on national TV. And it sounds like by all uh, accounts that these games are getting really good ratings and a lot of people are paying attention. I've heard from friends from New York who, you know, kind of half pay attention to the NBA that have been asking me about the in-season tournament and what, you know, the Pelicans matching up against the Lakers or the Suns, that kind of thing. So, I mean, all these things are factored in that I, I don't think we heard in the past. You didn't get, you didn't hear from people that you are acquaintances or friends about games in November and December in the past. No one was asking you about that. So I think that part is cool. And also too, one, one quick thing you, you talked about Willie Green in the locker room after the game, one of the things that he said in his press conference after Monday that I thought was really good, a really good point and something that we need to always go back to. He talked about how one game can make such a huge difference in the standings. And he mentioned how the Lakers won one more game than the Pelicans in the regular season last year. And they ended up in the Western conference finals. But I think that's something that we always have to remember and keep in mind is, you know, sometimes teams treat different games in the regular season as, you know, okay, well, maybe we can rest a guy this game. Maybe we can sit a guy. Sometimes that comes back to haunt you at the end. And I mean, even with the Pelicans and the Timberwolves finished exactly the same record last season, but the Timberwolves got eighth and the Pelicans got ninth. The difference in those two things is two chances to get win one game to make the playoffs or one chance. And obviously the Pelicans only had one chance, lost to OKC in the play-in game and then therefore didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, making or missing the playoffs – I feel like this is a ridiculously obvious thing to say, but I mean, such a huge swing in terms of how you view your season. So yes, one game can make such a huge difference. And especially when you look at the West, I know it's only the first week of December, but when you look at how close all these teams are, it really kind of hammers home the point to me even more that you can't take any game for granted. You can't look at any game as a throwaway every single game eventually could have a a huge impact on where you finish at the end of the season. There's no doubt, Jim. That's why I went over those Western Conference standings at the very beginning, and it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Golden State now out. But look, Jazz swept you there below them, the Blazers, the Grizzlies. Once Ja gets back, which I do believe will be the next time we face him, will be his debut. Imagine that on national TV, almost like they knew. And the Spurs are dead last, and you saw how tough they are to play. So, um. I like that coach said that, Jim, you brought it up. He said, for us, it, it every game matters. And, you know, it is it is different when, when you're the Lakers and the Warriors and they just got to get in. 
it's different for the Pelicans. And I love how they're approaching that. And I think that kind of keeps them sharp. And that leads us till tomorrow, man. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know we didn't get into too many specifics with the Lakers, but I'm curious to see what the um, sentiment is on Twitter over the next, you know, two days, 48 hours, just to see what people are saying. I know there's not a lot of love lost between the Pelicans and what I would describe as the Darth Vader of the NBA. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I feel like this is going to be maybe probably definitely the most consequential December 7th game that the Pelicans have ever played. No doubt. I was just looking forward to uh, New Year's Eve when the Lakers are going to be in town here against New Orleans. So a chance to see them and look, it always is. As you mentioned earlier, uh, Pelicans fans have a, have a special place in their hearts for the Lakers. So tomorrow (laughs) night should be fun at eight o'clock. I can't wait to see it. And we'll of course talk about it here on Friday as always stay safe. And and can I get a, um, can I get a, a large in that shirt? Off to do some hijinks. Off, what are we off calling for it? some hijinks? Yes, definitely. I will. I will make sure. We'll, 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 maybe we can have the shirt that you know they have those shirts. It can be like off to do hijinks one, and then I can wear the shirt that says off to do hijinks two. Maybe we can we can put that together. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to see if I can make that work. I'm sure that was a Dr. Seuss book when the author of Dr. Seuss was in Vegas at some point off to do hijinks <laughs> and it just turned into thing one and thing two definitely because he forgot about probably what he was talking about because <laughs> it was 4 a.m. and he hadn't slept just like you Jim Eichenhofer pelicans.com with the team go check out his stuff over on pelicans.com and of course Jim underscore Eichenhofer over on social media x or twitter whatever makes you feel comfortable thank you Jim for your time bud thanks Gus we'll talk to you on Friday Yep, for sure. And that'll do it for another edition of the Pelicans podcast. Again, Pelicans will take on the Lakers at 8 p.m. local time. Pelicans warm up on the Pelicans radio network would start at 7.30. So looking forward to that. And of course, Jim, myself and others will be breaking down what happened there and where to come. Uh, What's to come for the rest of this month as the calendar year is quickly wrapping up with your New Orleans Pelicans as we get closer to 2024, which is crazy even say that but thanks for always for joining us you've been listening to the pelicans podcast thanks for listening to the new orleans pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. join us three times per week on pelicans.com the pelicans mobile app or you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes we'll see you next time right here on the new orleans pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.